Hi, it's Nicole Leemaster joining with Sage. And Sage, it's Hayes, correct? Yep. Sage Hayes. Today on Coleology, a consciousness podcast. And my intention for the podcast is just to dive deep in the world of consciousness with people who are doing work that is inspiring to me and that moves me and that helps me um, look at myself in a way that projects me forward in my career and my own personal journey of healing and helping people who surround me and those people who help people. So I asked Sage to join me today because she's launching the Hive Directory, and it was launched a week ago, correct? Yeah. So it's been going on for a whole week, and it's phenomenal. And the Hive Directory is a directory of transformational healing practitioners who are redefining the holistic health. Hive members transform the world through grounded vision, strategic wellness, embodied justice, and global love. And just so everybody, some people who are following me know that I'm dyslexic and hate to read out loud, and right now I'm doing that, so I apologize for me stumbling over my words. Um, And so for the next 30 days, she's going to be doing daily interviews with phenomenal healers and change makers on Facebook Live. So you can follow her on Facebook. I'll send a link um, on SoundCloud and on my Facebook page when I post this podcast. And so Sage is a somatic practitioner, yoga teacher, cranial sacral and massage therapist, and she's traveling the globe promoting healing and the hive. Hi, Sage. Hey. Hey. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So we, I, I did somatic experiencing, um, trauma training and Sage was one of the assistants and that's how I actually know her and you were um, a great support for me so thank you and I've been following you um, and all the things that you've been doing on Facebook and I am just so excited to hear what you're up to right now. Awesome, awesome. Great, was that a question? Sure, I mean like wherever you would like to start I would love like, what, whatever is most alive for you right now, I would love to start there. Okay. That's great. That's great. Well, um, again, thanks for having me. Um, I'm talking to you all from uh, Portland, Maine, which is where I've pretty much made my home for the past um, 15 years. Um, I have had a private practice doing somatic experiencing and, like you said, craniosacral, yoga teaching, and... Um, recently have really taken an enormous leap of faith. Um, my private practice has been for about 10 years, and I knew that um, my blueprint, my vision, um, has always been bigger than a private practice. I've always tried to offer, um, I've had a couple of different wellness centers, and I've been very interested in collective healing. Mm-hmm. I think if there's a real strong theme of, what I'm passionate about, it would be about how can we be thinking about and designing um, structures and programs and initiatives and offerings that are um, really creating conditions for collective healing 
um, mm. as, as strong as we can do. Because, um, in my opinion, you know, especially in this moment, but I, I think over time, if we look at history, the global nervous, like I like to talk about the global nervous system and how the global nervous system um, is, is very, um, I mean, I think with the earth, there's a groundedness, but I think um, collectively, there's just a lot of wobble right now yes. in particular. And I'm really interested in like um, what just, my, you know, like me, like my little sort of personhood can do to contribute to sort of not only helping stabilize the global nervous system, um, but also really help toward transformation so that um, people can have more choices, um, healing can happen, and um, really that there can be some more uh, uh, serenity on Earth right now. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, who knows what can happen in our lifetimes, but yeah. um, I'm looking for, like, the biggest impact um, that I can. So um, that's part of why I created the Hive Directory, because I thought, you know, there's not, as having been a, pract- a healing arts practitioner for the past 10 years, there's actually not really um, an efficient way to find each other um, who's doing really transformational work. I mean, all of the trainings that we go through, we have our silos, like we have our sort of like professional directories, um, but there's not a lot of cross directory as far as like how to find um, somebody to refer to for, say, transformative um, breath work or, or um, you know, sort of healing justice work or whatever. So I'm really trying to, I sort of saw, saw an opportunity to say, like, what if we sort of um, help to create a very simple way to visualize the incredible amount of healing and that's already happening, right? Yeah. And um, be able to, to connect practitioners to other practitioners and potentially people who are looking for practitioners um, to, to a whole wide net uh, web of folks. Um, so that's part of why I, I sort of t- started to tinker and sort of explore whether I could sort of build something like that. Yeah, that's beautiful. And so, so the beginning of the hive is interviewing. How many people are you interviewing? Um, right now, I think there's about 25 on the list. I don't have every day covered just because of travel, but, um, but I think about 25. Um, and what I did was I, I chose people from very different vantage points of what I believe healing can be, right? So, like, part of what I'm trying to do is sort of help people understand that healing isn't just going to a doctor or going to a sort of uh, massage therapist or cranial sacral therapist or chiropractor, like healing can be so many different things. It can be going to a retreat center. Yes. It can be um, going to a program where you're literally quilting with other people. Um, like, for example, I'm going to be talking to this amazing organization in Baltimore called Force, and they're all about upsetting rape culture, and part of what they're doing is they um, quilt with survivors. And, oh. and they encourage survivors to tell their stories through making quilts, kind of like the AIDS quilt, but sort of a um, uh, with, with a different lens, right? Right. Um, of, heal, of healing and storytelling. Um, so, like, taking a look at that. And, like, today I'm talking to an acupuncturist. Um, tomorrow I'm talking with somebody who heard about feminism and abortion um, and parenting, you know? Mm. So I'm really trying to sort of help people see that, like, 
I think it's just really important that we start to demystify healing. Right. And we try to take it out of this sort of um, uh, paradigm where it, like, is about, like, if you have money, you can have healing. It's like, no, there's so, there's, there's a million ways we can create um, access to, to healing um, through education and information and um, all these practices that are, that are available from these rich modalities. And we I, just have to start getting, getting the word out more. Yeah, and I, I really want to, like, re-iterate like, something you just said because I think I even str- – here I am in the healing world, and <clears throat> I think I even struggle with the paradigm of um, healing costs money. Like, uh, uh-huh, I, I uh-huh. feel as if I've been immersed – in the world enough to know that there are these threads of healing that I can do that aren't out of my reach. However, there is like this piece of me who is still very attached to like, Oh, if I had more money, I could go to my chiropractor more often. I can see my therapist more often because it's just like still, this is still the way we pay for things. Correct. So, um, I would actually, even though I know that that's not true and it is, but, but it is, um, some kind of core belief. I think that's happening on a global level. It's like, um, what, what word am I looking for? The collective consciousness, I think believes that. And, Uh I would really like you to kind of maybe unpack what that would mean to kind of shift that, what like your vision is with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think my vision is that there's so much wisdom, first of all, that's innate in each one of us. Like we, I mean, part of the training that I've gotten that has been so radical, right? It's crazy that it's so radical is that our body innately heals. If given the right conditions. Yes. Right? Yes. So, like, the right conditions. We get enough sleep or we we shift the way we think about how, how what we're eating or we think yes. about, um, you know, how stressful is our work environment, right? Yes. Like, that often is very depletive to our um, immune system if we're in a high-stress situation all the time, right? So there's, there's really fundamental ways we can think about health and healing that are so about a shift of seeing and consciousness that mostly don't have any anything to do with going to see somebody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and like for and like for example, right? So two days ago, I was interviewing Dr. Aileen Potvin, who's a naturopath here in Maine, and we talked about like because what part of what I'm doing with these interviews is I'm making sure that with each person I talk to, I'm sort of saying, like, what, for folks who are watching who maybe aren't, don't have enough money to go see a naturopath, or maybe aren't quite sold yet, or, you know, there's just so many things you can do, what's one thing that you could, that we can take from this, this lineage of wisdom and apply to their life right now, right? So, we talked about something called an elimination diet, and we said, oh, well, what is that? Like, because in naturopathy, what they do is they take a look at what, you know, food has such a big impact on our sort of well-being. And anybody can do an elimination diet, which is basically taking out, um, you know, things like caffeine or wheat or sugar or corn or, or all of them at once. And then slowly reintroducing them into your diet and to see what, you know, what's, if you have sensitivity to them. Right. And, now, see, and then and, tracking yourself. <laughs> And yeah, tracking yourself, and you may still, maybe you have a sensitivity to corn, and maybe you're, you know, like, not willing to give up corn yet, but at least now you know that 
your body has a particular sensitivity to it and that um, you have more information and therefore you have more choice about what makes you feel good and what makes you feel not so good, right? Right. So it's like self-empowering to be able to sort of have your own, you know, a lot of agency around being able to um, track your own health and therefore have some really new choices about it. And I feel like every modality from midwifery to naturopathy to somatic experiencing to, I mean, to whatever, has such incredible, very basic um, application and opportunities um, that people can try at home. And it, and they're so fundamentally effective. Yeah, and I, I like that you're just bringing it back to the basics, right? Like, so healing in itself is just being able to listen to the wisdom of your body. And maybe it's as simple as getting more sleep or as simple as looking at what you're eating to just, like, boost your immune system to help you have a better quality of life. Am I hearing you correctly? Yeah, I, I think there's that. And then I also think I'm bringing on some... Um, amazing healers that are talking about consciousness and are talking about how um, increasing our understanding of how the conditions of our life have created challenges for our health, right? So this is where we get into context that people are living in or have lived in. So, for example, if you're struggling with homelessness or if you're um, struggling with paying your rent or, you know, you're parenting three kids and you're, you're stressed out and trying to make ends meet, that all those things are also, you know, playing into health also and how to be able to normalize. I mean, I'm very interested in normalizing anxiety and depression mm. as a reaction to the stress mm. of today's world, right? Ooh, yes. Are, and do you think the normalization of the anxiety and depression that's, um, that's happening is part of uh, the shift of regulating the global nervous system? Well, I think it's a step toward that. Um, I think on its own, you know, what I find is that when we normalize coping mechanisms and when we normalize, you know, when people are struggling with depression or anxiety and they can't figure out why, and we start to help them connect the dots between, um, you know, the the context of their social or economic situation. And it's not like folks don't know this either. I'm not sure saying that a lot of folks don't know this, but when we start a lot of times people, health is so compartmentalized as something other than the rest of your life that if you, you go into Western Medical and they fix you and they give you pharmaceuticals and all that, like you can kind of fix it over there versus being more of a systemic, integral um, force in your life. I think that helping people understand why anxiety would be a normal reaction to not knowing if you're going to be able to pay your rent every month and then anxiety shows up as insomnia, you know, or... Um, bouts of anger, right? Like you're start, like you should, you know, we start to help people track the roots of these. What I find that like people have so much shame about anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. it actually helps to sort of like um, decrease overall like shame and anxiety about about depression and, and anxiety, right? Right. And so if you can kind of start to accept like, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. It's actually a normal reaction. But the more that we can sort of say like, oh you know, like, this makes sense that I'm, you know, my anger is going out sideways all the time because I'm so stressed about this. I think that's a huge step in being able to, like, um, it actually, I mean, I wouldn't say relax because it's hard to relax in that situation, but it it sort of de-stigmatizes things. And I think if, if we have less shame and we have de-stigmatization, then 
then we have less stress, right? Right. That, that, and so that, that does contribute to regulating things. I mean, then we have to look at what choices are available, right? Right. To, um, to then sort of address some of those root causes. And, and at least we're maybe paying attention to the right thing, you know? Right. And, um, and if we can create some, you know, co-create some agency with people to feel like, oh, I, now I know i got to focus on this. Versus like going to anger management classes, it's like, no, like how can I source my life more so that I'm not stressed out every month about my rent? Like if we can get, if we can help with that, both collectively and individually, people can have a little bit more agency and maybe even self-esteem so that they know that the problem is so much bigger than them. It's not that they're doing anything wrong. Right. And how, so like if that's one step in the direction of regulating the global nervous system, what, what do you see as the following steps or the trajectory in this vision you have? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think I'm sort of just starting to see the vision um, Mm. as I step out of my own sort of focus on like when you're building a private practice and you're maintaining a private practice it's like that's kind of like all you have energy for um because it takes so many hats to be able to run a small business you know and as i've sort of been i don't feel like i've stepped away from that totally i still have one foot in that but as i broaden my vision to look at the collective um nervous system and i will say you know the political situation has been a huge stimulus for me around that because the polarization of of people and issues has never been clear to me um i think you know i'm very much interested in how it's like i don't believe we need to add anything new i think we need to resource and source what's already all the good work that's already happening Mm, right yeah and so like 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 for example like in my community here in portland maine we have hundreds hundreds of really solid solid um practitioners right but i'll tell you this i went to massage school in 2006 i graduated with a class of 12 15 people one out of two out of 12 are still practicing now there's a variety of reasons for that right but we're losing practitioners because the challenge of, pra- of of figuring out how to make it work is so hard. It's it is so hard. Right? It is so hard. You feel me, right? Like, yes. You stay on the <laughs> yes. And and you shouldn't go to these. You you go to these. Some of you go to these phenomenal trainings and phenomenal schools. And you have all the support, and there's all this love, and there's all this vision, and you're super excited to go start your practice. And then you're sort of like, once you graduate, you're sort of on your own. And so... You're, you're, you're not sort of. You you really are. You are on your own. <laughs> you're, you're in your own little office, maybe sharing it with somebody because you have to financially, which is kind of nice, right? And um, you're kind of doing the hustle. 24-7 for the first five years, right? right? Which sort of takes a toll in, in, a, in a certain <laughs> way. At least it me and some of my colleagues that I know. Now, I'm part of with the Hive directory for practitioners is I'm really interested in how, you know, if once you graduate from a training program, can we create a community, um, you know, first, I mean, part of it's online so that you can connect with something bigger and that there's some support, connectivity, some edu- ongoing education about, like, how do you get through the first year of your private practice? Oh, I love this. Without, right? Like, 
Like, tell, like, I want to do, like, webinars that are about, oh, like, I... you're not crazy. <laughs> it's really hard, right? <laughs> like, there's one webinar. And yes. Webinars, like, how do you choose what website builder to use? Yes. Like, what are the pros and cons of Squarespace and Wix and, you know, WordPress? And, like, what's important about a, a website for a private practice? Like, I don't, I feel super excited about, you know, developing very kind of simple type webinars and education. Um, for people who are, you know, we know we're sort of isolated in your own world trying to make it happen. And that's well, just really limited support for Well, and what's so beautiful about this is that the more support these practitioners have in creating a space that they can practice, the more work mm-hmm. they can do in the world. Exactly. I mean, and, and you're right. Like, you're wearing so many hats trying to get something up and running and like all of that energy could actually just be sitting with the person in front of you and taking on more clients and helping them work through their things. Totally. Absolutely. This is awesome. Totally. And no doubt, like, I feel like, you know, like I had to build so many different capacities in, in starting my private practice and I'm proud of what I did and I'm proud of what I've learned. Yes. But I'm interested, I think you're always going to have to do that as a practitioner, mm-hmm. but I want to make it like, I just want to make, I really want to create the conditions where you feel less isolated doing it and that you're having access to really good cross-modality trainings that are relevant, um, that make you feel that, that, are, that are nourishing and continue to make yourself feel excited about being a healing practitioner, right? Because that connects to, like, the, the ongoing sustainability of being able to keep giving, right? Right. you got to be contributing to um, nourishment in, in those ways, you know? And there's just so many ongoing educational threads that um, are so relevant. And, you know, having been somebody who's done a private practice for 10 years, like, the lessons learned, like, I just feel so excited about people <laughs> who have been, you know, done it and can, like, we, why wouldn't we want to share those with people who are in their first year? Like, yeah. me, if we can source, like, again, it's like, this, none of this really costs money, right? Like, this is about generating connectivity and sharing lessons learned, you know? And sure, like, the community webinars, like, cost a little bit of money, but, like, really in the grand scheme, it's really not that much money that, yeah, you're right, like, the community costs. Like, it's about the intentionality to increase connectivity and sharing, you know? And I think there's a really old, weird myth around, like, competition, and I'm not going to, like, you know, like, what if this person takes my clients or there's not enough? And, like, to me, I'm so, I'm so through with that mentality because, if we forget, if we look at the globe and the global nervous system, like there is no lack of need. There is no lack. And 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 the way you and and I feel like there is something so real about the way I would sit with a client is going to be so diversely different than you or anybody else that I know that like I will be providing something that is so different that there is just no lack there. It's there's abundance of ways we can work with one another. And it's even, even if we were both therapists, like even if we were both massage therapists, or even if we were like, there is still this way in which you will heal different and help differently than I would ever do. And um, it's kind of funny that you bring that up. I was just talking to one of my girlfriends about um, this 
there is something about this like unspoken competition. There's an underlying um, bubbling of jealousy when you see somebody kind of doing something in your cohort that you want to do or you can't do or they are doing and and or whatever and how to um, not have and I I am. I'm sure I have jealousy in other ways, but that's not my way of being in the world. I'm like, yeah, you go, girl. You do it. You get it. Like, that's my personal way of um, dealing with that stuff because I I really fundamentally believe that we're all going to help in a different way. But um, there is this energy. And, like, so, so what is it or how do you think or do you think that the hive is the beginning of being able to break that. And, and she named it, she said it's like this patriarchal um, thing about like where men, or, or maybe not, but this was her thought process behind it, that like because it's predominantly men and men like somehow, you know, uh, whatever, like it's just the way it is with the privilege and the way um, our system set up and where the power still kind of lies. And then this, uh, underlying thing with women and like fighting for these other um, these other ways of being in the world because we can't really actually have the power and then we pivot or pit one another against one another and we don't actually support each other and uh, like how do you feel about like how, what that looks like actually breaking that and coming together and actually being community yeah, I, I mean, that's such a beautiful question, and I would invite everybody who's listening to this to ask that question in your own sphere, right? Like, what's the, what's the, what's the pivot point around um, that unconscious competition that we were all raised with, right? We were all sort of taught on some level um, through subtle and not-so-subtle means of, of education or capitalism. Yeah. Um, and... Um, identities and uh, social, cultural, economic yes. classes and ranks um, that, yeah. you know, on some level, the, one of the fundamental beliefs of that is that there's not enough pie for everybody. Yeah. Right. And so, um, and, and not only is there not enough pie for everybody, but we have to subjugate some people so that some people can have more and, and that there's a belief system of that the people who have more are better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so, so I think the first thing we have to do is look at, is, is sort of have a commitment and an, and an active intention, right? This is where mindful awareness comes in, to undoing that within ourselves, right? The places that, where we do have that privilege and we're playing that out, you know, as a white person, I attempt to look at that every day yeah. um, in the ways that that's playing out. And then as a trans person, um, like how, you know, how, how I'm playing sort of, how I sort of can be a victim in that or how I can be subjugated and how I'm unpacking that, um, you know, some of those very real systemic injustices yes. um, in, my, in my own personal belief system, mm. you know? Mm. And as a, you know, whether it's as a woman or as a man, like we all have places where we're in the privileged group and we all have places where we're not in the privileged group. Absolutely. And, you know, and being, and that's called, partially called intersectionality. Um, that there's a variety of different identities existing at the same time in all of us, right? Mm, yes. And that's, that's a little hard, ch- challenging because then it kind of gets a little bit more complex. But if we look at it on a fundamental level, like, you know, 
um, you know, if, if you're sort of on board with wanting all beings to be free of suffering, yes, right? Yes. A Buddhist tenant, you know, like then that means, um, you know, working for working toward that in your own personal life and also in, in changing systems. Um, and so I, I just want to say, like, so personally, like, I'll, I'll just say, like, for example, like, it's been really interesting, even in this past week, some people have posted on Facebook, like, some of the cool things they're doing. And I have had, like, I, I've had to notice, like, I feel, ju- like, even, like, literally, this is what goes through my head. It's like, I want to like what they're doing because I believe in it so much, but they haven't liked mine, right? <laughs> like, I just want to say, like, that's part yeah. of how it plays out in my belief system. And I'm embarrassed about that, but that's the unconscious conditioning. Like, it's like, if I like theirs and they don't like mine, like, it feels unequal or something, right? Like, yeah. It's, like, crazy. It's like, but who, who is going to... But then I'm like... And then, and then this is where uh, I get into the, 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 the solution, which is, like, like it because there's enough. Like, like, I just like, want, period. I, I like want to just like piggyback this. Okay. So it's really funny that you just said that because I literally, the same friend that I was just talking to you about where we were like going into like this deep question of like support, I was literally crying because I, as you know, I started my podcast and there are a couple people who I've like called friends who are my friends and I believe deeply that they're my friends, but they haven't went on my page and liked my stuff or they haven't like shared, shared anything that I've done. And they're on Facebook all day. And I was so hurt. I'm like, how is this? How is this? And that's how it's playing out for me. Like, like I'll still go and like their things, but then I'm like secretly crying about like lack of support. Right. So, and like wondering why. And I just think, I just think it's interesting that this is like, this is actually, and, and, and there is enough and, and in a funny way, a funny thing is like, I am still supported. Right. So there it's, it's really, yeah. You just like named, if I could just replay like what you said in the last five minutes, you named so many different layers of things to unpack that are at play that are deep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, totally. This is super deep. And I think, to me, part of what my vision is, whether it's with the hive or just my personhood, is to be able to um, be able to really push up. Because, like, pushing up against my personal ego and then the collective ego of, like, there's the belief that there's not enough and, that's, and that these people get more and these people get less and, um, and staying sort of stuck in that, right, which translates into all sorts of super negative self-esteem on my part um and then jealousy and in, in, in relationship and which is all part um, of being human right so it's normal yeah, oh, yeah. Totally mm-hmm. being human. like again like normalizing it yep. part of why i'm talking about it mm-hmm. right it's like really good for me to talk about right and and to be able to right so so that vibration those beliefs are not going to get us anywhere transformational even no. though we can you know say that they're really understandable sure yeah totally and like, if we want to recalibrate the global nervous system, like, I am, the hive is really about, like, um, how can we redefine, like, literally, I feel like part of what I'm asking all of us to do is to redefine what healing is. I love it. And to name it and to own it and to um, unpack and unwind some of how um the, the capitalism and the money has gotten wrapped up in healing um, 
you know, within a system of uh, the Western system or whatever, like just all the ways. And it's not like there's a simple fix or whatever, but to me, I feel like part of it is like leaning real hard into um, what does it really mean? What do we really want it to mean? And um, open our parameters about how everybody can be offering healing on the planet right now, which is part of why I'm interviewing so many different types of people and practitioners so that people can see like, oh, right, it can be this and it can be this. Right. Because healing, healing happens everywhere. You know, it happens at the barbershop. Yes. It happens, you know, it happens in line when you're at the movie. Yes. You know, um, it can happen everywhere. So I think there's part of me that's kind of like interested in a collective calling around like, what would it mean if we brought heart and consciousness? And I'm not sure like how I'm trying to redefine it. I think that's partially for everybody to, you know, sort of reach into their hearts and their, you know, and their lineages and their you know, experiences to do. Like, I don't really care how we redefine it, but I do think we need to redefine it. And I think we need to own it in a way that's resonant for this moment and that's resonant for all people and that actually is mm. pushing forward a planet toward evolution, mm. um, shared evolution, um, that's safe where fundamental needs are met and that, um, and that love can happen and that like, it's safe for love to happen. That's like, seriously, like that was, this is beautiful and like so powerful. And I really feel your heart in this. And, um, I mean, like, I kind of feel like I am a little teary. Like, I mean, this is just, it's gorgeous. And it's well, and it's, it's so timely. I feel like it's just so timely. And I, I feel that everybody is kind of looking for that. Like it's not like we're all kind of in our own ways, not just healers, but like I see it in my Facebook threads and, and you hear it. Like people are looking for some type of support and healing and interconnectedness. And uh-huh. you're right. It's the way it's playing out is super polarized. And I, I just kind of want to piggyback something <clears throat> you said. And I, and I don't know if I was looking this quite the same as where you just redefined it for me earlier in this podcast, where you said like the polarization that there's really nothing wrong with our system. It's more like we just need to be able to take what there is and start just resourcing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and then, and then watch it grow and watch it evolve. And just doing this on like such a large level. I mean, it's kind of mind blowing. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I it is kind of mind blowing. And I think it is the moment to like for me anyways, it's the moment to, to so strongly lean into that and to invite the calling for you know, for for wherever the resonance is around that. Um because it just is. Like it's the now and it's like I grew up like, like so many of us with this idea that um when I'm older, like I'll sort of make the impact or, I'll, <laughs> yes. you know, I'll have, I'll have enough and I'll, you know, when I retire, whatever, I don't believe in retirement, but like, um, neither do I, like, <laughs> <laughs> like so, you know, sometime in the future, X, Y, Z, right. And, tomorrow, you know, tomorrow. Why, exactly. Tomorrow, tomorrow. And part of why I'm so, I think I'm so clear right now, which, you know, I've never been clear actually, even though I'm not totally sure how to talk about it, but I've never been clear in my heart 
about moving forward. And, you know, I had a quintessential, like, that sort of typical moment with death last spring. Um, a good friend of mine passed away unexpectedly. And, I'm sorry. You know, as I was, oh, thank you. And I was, I was sitting, but, but there's so much that has come out of it. So it's like kind of a, it's, it's, it's sort of like very difficult, but also very beautiful at this point, because as I was sitting with him, you know, as he was dying, it, it was just so clear to me looking at him and watching the respirator basically breathe for him, which was so intense, mm. viscerally. Mm. And I and I looked and I thought, I just kept hearing over and over, like, you're either dead or you're alive. Whoa. You're either dead or you're alive. Like, there's not really many things in life that are black and white. Right. Like in my world, certainly. Like, there really isn't. Like, you look at everything and there's kind of a continuum. And you could even say, like, well, we're always dying and there's a continuum there, which is true. But on some level, you're either breathing or you're not. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was something about that that was just so powerful for me to be like, I'm breathing. I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is there anything else that I should be doing with all of the, you know, the, the privileges that I've um, gotten or the, the education and the training and the love. Um, not that it's all been rosy, but like I, you know, like what else can I be doing? What, what am I? <laughs> even more importantly than that, what have I been afraid to do mm. that I've been sort of like avoiding around? Like I've been sort of like you know dancing around the sides of right. that. If if I really took hundred percent responsibility in the right now, in the now of my life, what would I be doing differently? And that was a game changer. Yeah. And that really just catalyzed a phenomenal new energy, which, which was so about like pulling myself in from the avoidance, right? All right. the energy I've spent avoiding, like really taking some like more significant risks, like this whole 30 days of interviews, like huge, vulnerable, yes. like <laughs> humbling, like, I, you know, like, the first couple of interviews were wonderful, but, like, technically they were terrible. Like, I didn't really know what I was doing, and so then I was, like, so much more embarrassed, but, like, no. my desire is bigger now, and my commitment is bigger, and my bravery, I just have called myself to the carpet and said, this is the time, Yes, you know, and, and I feel like I'm watching so many other people um, also go through that process right now, which is very inspiring. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, like, I, I didn't have the same come to, but m- my whole podcast was birthed out of facing fear. Like, what, what, am, I, what am I doing? What, what am I on this life while I'm alive? What am I doing? Like, and what, what means most? And where, I, I, where is my soul calling me? And why am I not fully doing it? And it was, it, it, came up to facing fears, right? Of like judgment, of being brave, of doing something, even though, um, there's so, there's so many, so many layers and, and, and honestly, like I'm still facing them as I kind of journey, of course, journey through them. Process, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's a one-time thing. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish it was, but <laughs> I really understand. Yeah, there there may be some type of <clears throat> I I just kind of wonder about that because as you were speaking to that I'm I just kind of wonder if there's like some type of like movement happening maybe where people are looking at that and being called to like step into themselves now to the most fullest degree. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, I'm sure the political situation, I know the political situation is intensely motivating for sure. so many people. Sure, So, I mean, um, yes. Not to get into that in this moment, even though, you know, there's plenty to get into. Yes, but, um, and maybe we could look at that in another podcast. I would love to kind of, like, dissect what that actually means to you and mm-hmm. how it impacts you um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in another talk. And then also... Just for my full understanding, and so I can kind of like, we can really like name it here in this podcast before we wrap up is, so like the Hive is not only these live interviews with these phenomenal people that you're kind of interviewing and getting the word out, but it's also going to be this place in which healers can kind of like sign up and inter, inter, um, interconnect and like refer one another. Is that is that like kind of part of it? That's right. So, yeah, thanks for asking. Um, So the Hive Live is the 30 days of interviews with a very eclectic bunch of um, people and practitioners who are generating, you know, phenomenal transformation on the planet, right? So I'm interviewing, like, tomorrow, like, in two two days, I'm interviewing somebody who edited a book on healing from sexual trauma, you know? I know. I can't Um, wait to, like, hear this interview. I heard you uh, briefly talk about it. I'm, like, really looking forward to this one. Yeah, that's, it's going to be amazing. And, um, and every interview is like the content. What's so cool is the content is so different, but, uh, and the people are so different, but the threads are so similar. And that is what I'm noticing is that the hive is really trying to illuminate the commonalities of the, of, of the work that we're doing and the people that we're trying to be on the planet mm. so that it increases that sense of connectivity and community. So, the Hive Live interviews are really, like, part of an expression to sort of say, like, um, we're this really vast community of people doing really great work, and um, here's this di- online directory. It's, like, I kind of think of the Hive directory. It's an online directory um, at hive at the hivedirectory.net. Um, it's kind of like the Yelp of transformation. Like, if it could be anything, awesome. I would love for it to be the Yelp of transformation so that when, you know you're talking to your friend and, you know, they're sort of saying, I'm sort of looking for this type of practitioner. Um, you can, you're going to say, you know, let's say when, when you're driving around, you're like, well, let's find a, a really great Thai restaurant. You know, you're able to like, be like, Oh, you know, looking for an energy practitioner, a cradle sacral practitioner, or I'm looking for a really radical blog on healing from trauma, you know, cause we're writers are included in the directory. I'm just sort of trying to create a lot of different, um, you know, a lot of different practitioners are welcome to, to join it so that we can we can find each other. It, it is about referrals. It's also about the general public being able to find us. Right. Um, and then it's also about being able to help source source the web that's already there. So being able to visualize it, cultivate it, nourish it, love it, and make it home, you know? I love it. Like, and, I mean, how cool you know, would that be, like, being in Berkeley, and I'm like, oh, I have I have an hour and a half. Where is the nearest cranial sacral therapist? Mm-hmm. And calling and possibly getting in. I mean, how, how awesome would that be? Totally. Or you go to their, their listing on their page, and you see the upcoming events that they're teaching. Because if you, get, you take out a listing, so right now I'm basically – you know, my only job is to sort of see if it resonates with people right now, this whole directory idea, and to have local, like, I like the idea of sort of inspiring local hives, 
right? Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And to say, like, you want to help build your local hive. And what that means is just letting people know about it. And, um, you know, for each listing, you get, you know, a full page list. Even if you don't have a website, it's so great because you can have a listing. You get your picture and your logo and all your social media links. Um, plenty of room to put in about your practice. Um, you can have the option for blogs, for videos, um, for coupons. Brilliant. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's this really great directory software that I've been learning over the past three months, teaching myself to be able to just create this sort of like basic um, directory. And for the first year, um, you know, the listing rate for a year is the first year introductory rate is $35. Um <laughs> I really want to make it, like, so that we can almost, like, not do it. You know what I mean? Almost, like, not, not do it. <laughs> right. Because it's, like, right. I don't care. It's not so much about the money. I mean, if we if we end up making money, that's great. I feel like all that's going to go get put back into sourcing the hive. Right. You know? like, right. I, I'm not – this isn't about, like, capitalism for me. This is about, like, literally building, like, like sourcing the hive of the planet. And then if there's – if there's surplus that, that gets created, then that all just gets poured into the sourcing. Like, it's just this beautiful cycle. Um, so, you know, there's three price points. But really, the, the year introductory rate, first year introductory rate is $35 for the whole year, not per month, which is like most directories. Right. Um, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm tired of capitalism being linked with healing. Like, we need to create assets and structures that do something different. Um, yes. And some people might say, well, why don't you do it for free? And it's like, well, you just got to balance. Like, I'm really interested in the hive having an impact and being able to create educational things. So that's why part of why there is resources involved. You know, and I think people, when you pay for something, you might actually use it. And 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 part of that, what I heard you say earlier, then you're also going to have these um, kind of trainings or things of that nature. Okay. That's kind of like part of the trajectory. Absolutely. Yeah. What I, I mean, what would be ideal is like. If there's resources coming in from memberships, then we can I can actually say, you know, to um, some of the people who are in the network, like, would you put together a webinar on, you know, the website thing or basic business practices or marketing or, you know, trauma-informed care, multi, you know, multi-modality trauma-informed care, and we're able to put out, a, you know, a two-hour, um, you know, webinar to our members, like, for free. That's I mean, great. That, that, to me, is just so obvious. Yeah, you know, I'm tired of. I mean, personally, I'm tired of not being able to go to trainings because I can't afford them. Oh my gosh! We have we have tens of thousands of practitioners that need more education. Yes, and we just do. And I'm like, we need to fill in these gaps because that is part of what it means to transform the planet. You know? Yes. And that's what I'm completely committed to. So if we can populate the hive in the next couple of years. Um, I think it's going to be a beautiful thing. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Like, I'm not attached to it. But I think it's a really great idea, and I'm just going to commit to it for the next couple of years, and we're going to see what happens, you know? Well, in any way I can support you in this journey, I, I totally believe in it. The moment you, like, said something about it, I was like, holy shit. Like, this is amazing. Awesome. Like, I love it. I love it, and I will support um, you in any way. That looks like. So That's just awesome. you keep I mean, me posted. It's fun to put a, like, a West Coast team together, you know? Yeah, I, and I would be interested in seeing what that even means. Like I, I would totally I be. Too. Yeah, I mean, like I think it's it's really awesome. I 
That's so great. And That's awesome. I appreciate that support and reflection. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And and just like you speaking from like this really passionate place of where you're coming from. It's just super moving and I'm just honored to like know you. Thank you. That's very sweet and kind and I, I likewise with what you're doing and what you're inspired by and what you're bringing with this podcast and what you're going to bring. I have no doubt. I'm just a full really excited about it. Thank you. I appreciate that. And on that note, um, we will wrap up today. Um, would you like to go ahead and say your website so people can get a hold of you? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So until February 11th, there's going to be a, an interview almost every day. These interviews are free to watch. They're anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour. They're full of like rich education and yes. love. Um, if you go to um, the Hive Directory's Facebook page, they're being posted every day. Um, that's that's www.facebook.com backslash the Hive Directory. So you can go there, like our page. Um, if you go to the the actual event and and hit that you're going, you will get notified um, every day of, of the interviews. All the times are there. Um, if you're interested in, in signing up for a listing um, with the directory. Um, HiveDirectory.net or .com is is where to go. Um, if anybody has any questions beyond that, like feel free to get in touch. I'm on Facebook. You can message me at the Hive Directory on Facebook, or you can message me directly, Sage Hayes, on Facebook. Um, I'm on social media a lot, so feel free to to be in touch. If you have any feedback or inspiration or intuitive thought about it all, or you want to get the Hive going in your community, please be in touch. I'm open to to all of that um, because it's. It's really got to be a collective venture, you know, to, again, to, like, bring it to the point where it actually could hum, you know? So I'm open to, to evolution, no doubt. I love it. I love that you just said open to, like, so it can hum. <laughs> I, I just love it. I love the bee, the bee, the hive, the humming, the collectiveness. Like it's just like it's such a beautiful um, visual too. And I will make yeah. sure I um, – on when I send this out, in SoundCloud, there will be links, and it will all it will have your ways to get a hold of you. So everybody who just listened to this, if it if you need to get a hold of her, it will also be in links. That's so exciting! Thank you. Thank you, and thank you for your time. And we will be in touch. And I really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy time this thirty days, particularly to talk to me about what you're doing in the world. It's amazing. It's an honor. Thank you so much for doing it. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. Right. And good well, luck. And I, yes. yes, I look forward to the rest of your interviews. I'm, I'm, I'm following you. <laughs> awesome. All right, y'all. Take care. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye.